Keep up to date on your hometown sports teams. Live from the Crystal Glass Sports Desk. Every day on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Ched. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, Oilers Now. Uh, it is uh, 2.34 in uh, the central time zone. The Edmonton Oilers, the Minnesota Wild tonight. And uh, still to come, we will hear uh, Jack Michaels in conversation with Zach Parise, and I'll have a one-on-one with uh, Connor McDavid. But we're pleased to be joined on the line right now by Mike Greenlay. He's a longtime Minnesota Wild television analyst. And, uh, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. And uh, we just had Alan May on, a former Western League player. And you left Lake Superior State and went to the Saskatoon Blades, a team that ultimately uh, that year got to the, uh, I believe you got to the Memorial Cup final at home that year. Well, you would have because it was at home. Uh, but you played with a couple, you know, Al was a hard-nosed player in the Western Hockey League and in the NHL. You played with a couple of guys in Saskatoon at that time. I, I specifically remember Kevin Kaminsky, who would also uh, spend some time in Washington with the Capitals. I mean, he was one tough, undersized uh, SOB, wasn't he? Well, when your nickname's Killer, I guess you have to be. <laughs> Killer Kaminsky. Oh, man. Uh, I tell you, you know, you're going from college hockey to the Western League. It was like it was like walking through a, a time warp of some kind or something. It was, you know, I mean, just a different mentality. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of talk lately about fighting in junior hockey and whatnot. But, I mean, back in, back in those days, I mean, you know, I remember playing in the Memorial Cup uh, the round robin tournament, uh, you know, Ty Domi, that was when he was, you know, making a name. Uh, and so we played against him and, you know, there, there's players like that all around the, all around the league, but especially in the Western hockey league, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, bruising type players. Uh, that's for sure. So Ty was, was he with Peterborough at that time or he had already been moved? Yeah. I'm trying to recall. Yeah. He was with Peterborough. No. Did he end up dropping the gloves with anybody on your team or I, I know I, that you that know what? I vaguely remember. I, you know, the funny thing is, is, we were the host team. We won the round yep. robin, so we were playing hockey. <laughs> we, we were busy playing hockey. I think he dropped the gloves, uh, but I, I can't even. It was. It kind of. I, we kind of glossed over stuff like that because we actually were were playing really well for some reason, and uh, you know, playing in front of the home fans and everything. So it was. Uh, you know, everyone was concentrating on hockey, but uh, you know, it, it, I, I guess I, I I remember expecting a lot more and uh, a lot more nastiness but i think you know given the gravity to the entire situation the fact that you're in the memorial cup uh you know in the round robin part uh, i mean it was i think everyone was trying to play a little more hockey than anything else yeah i'm gonna throw a curveball at you here uh brian garretts was on that team brian played at the u of a the next year and i was i did their play-by-play the next year so i'm dating myself fit but uh he wasn't exactly what i recall the most fit player but he could shoot the puck a bit he had some offensive skill you know it's funny. Uh, I mean, and I think the Western League got kind of lent to that. Um, there, there was there were players that were really good. You know, you were if you could be fast and small, or you could be big and tough, or you could be, yeah. you know, you could be a mid-range player but have great hands or great shot. You know, it was funny that it was, you know that's what junior hockey is. It's uh, it's trying to you know weed through guys who have gotten to that level 
because of maybe one or two really good skills, and then they were able to make up the difference with the other ones. And then, you know, every once in a while you get a guy who was good at, you know, a lot of things, and that, that's the guy that went on and got drafted and went on and played pro. So, you know, it's kind of funny, but it was that's how the weeding out process worked. Yeah, we're joined right now by Mike Greenlay. Mike, uh, let's switch focus to here now. The Minnesota Wild chasing for a playoff spot again, but it has been a different team under John Torchetti, or or has it? Is, is that an overstatement, or is that a fair comment? No, I think that's fair. I mean, I think I think he's getting you know, um, and you know, this isn't a slight on Mike Yo by any means, but uh, you know, I think when Torchetti came in, there was obviously a lot of emotion. Um, you know, you had a coach that had been here for five years, and all of a sudden he's not there. So now you have a, a, an emotional push. Uh, now you have uh, more focus on the fact that the players, it, it, like like a lot of times when when a, when a change is made, they, they all of a sudden they're looking inward because now they're saying, all right, there's no one else to point the finger at. We got to get going. Um, you know, he made he moved some lines around a little bit, and he got these guys playing hard and being a, being a little bit more accountable to certain uh, certain things. So. I mean, yeah, I, I give credit to Torchetti for for a lot of things like that, uh, but it, it's 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 resonated pretty well, and they've gone on a pretty good roll here. So, um, you, you know, you're hoping that it's more than just emotion because you want this to be something that's consistent. We're joined right now by Mike Greenlay, who is a one-time Edmonton Oilers draft choice, ninth rounder back in 1986. Spent some time in the Oilers farm system in Cape Breton. Uh, we're going to hear from Zach Parise. He's only got one goal in the last 18 games, but he does have a bunch of assists during that stretch. It, it, to me, the team looks like they've got about three lines that can score. They just don't have anybody that's you know lighting it up at a point-per-game uh, uh, pace. To what do you think? Is it a credit to the forwards, the ability of the D to transition the puck? they kind of got a whack-a-mole offense right now. You know what I mean? You, you shut down one line, another line kind of pokes its head up and gets going. Yeah, and I and I and there's strength in numbers when when you talk when you talk about that because isn't that I mean that's a great thing to have I mean I, that's what that's what teams I think in at least this day and age I think are trying to strive for and that is three lines that can hurt you because you know especially when you're on the road you, there's there's plenty of matchup situations whether it's the D or forwards that you're that they're matching up and so you need to find a way to have the line score that's not being you know ultimately checked to death. So um, I think the wild are really representing that, especially with their top nine. Uh, and, and when they, and when Torchetti came in, he actually made a comment and it was, it was interesting because he actually seen it play through. And that is, I want to see if I can get guys, he said, like Pominville, like Howlow, um, players like, you know, players that maybe haven't been scoring as should be, uh, even Zucker, guys like that. I want to. I want to try and get guys like that back to where they're supposed to be, because if you do that, then it's 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 like you acquired a new player, because those players historically have had success in different areas. Try and get them back to that success. I think he's done that. He put together a couple of what I would call eclectic lines. No question. The Howland, Niederreiter, Pominville line is a great example of that. I mean, those are three very different type players, but they, they work together. Now, Pominville is out with, a, with an injury in, for tonight, but the fact is, is that the, that line in particular, which would normally be called our third line, has been one of our most prolific. And then you have, you have other guys that can add offense on the power play as well as other areas. So it's, it's been, it's been a, an interesting fix uh, so far. 
Devin Dubnik, uh, he's out with an illness. Uh, it's going to be Darcy Camper tonight. Has Dubnik been at the same level that he was last year uh, when he came over from the trade and was so brilliant down the stretch? No, um, I don't think so. And the funny thing is it's, it's nothing mechanical. Uh, you look, he, he looks the same in there. Um, and for a goaltender that's been around as long as he has, it typically is a fix like, well, we need to see you be more aggressive here, or we need to see you be out, you know, eight inches further on, on these kind of shots. And it's always small tweaks and fixes, which tells me that maybe it needs to be a little bit more of a mental thing. There needs to be a little bit more hunger there. Um, and, and, you know, hoping to see that uh, when he gets, when he gets well here, hope to see that down the stretch because, um, you know, he, he's shown that he can do it. So I, I think that, there's nothing physically different. There's nothing mechanically different. That means it's got to be upstairs, and that means he has to be a hungrier goaltender. And for that matter, Darcy Kemper, I think, has played exceptional when he's played this year. He hasn't played that much. He's played very well in the backup role. And I think you know, I think that they should press him into duty a little bit here down the stretch to, A, let Dubnik continue to work on his game, B, to create a little little uh, little competition there, not we all know it's not real competition because Dubnik's going to be the guy, but maybe create a little bit of hunger there for for Dubnik because they they need him to be hungry. Mike, we appreciate your time, and we'll see you uh, over at the XL Energy Center tonight. Look forward to it. Thanks. You bet. That's Mike Greenlay, Oilers draft choice, longtime Minnesota Wild television analyst. Panda Hut Express with catering options for every event, meetings, parties, or even that forgotten family gathering. Visit PandaHutExpress.net or call 780-473-3663. Place your order now. When we come back, Connor McDavid, Zach Parise. This is Oilers Now. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. Connor McDavid up front with Taylor Hall and Zach Cassian, Leon Dreisettle, Patrick Maroon, and Jordan Everly. Mark Letesti with Lori Korpakoski, Neil Yakupov. Yakupov, four goals, six points, 11 career games against Minnesota. Fourth line, there's a chance Lander sits. Um, you could, in theory, see Hendrick Center, Cracknell, and Packer Rinnan there. On defense, Adam Party did not skate yesterday, uh, nor did Sekra, nor did Hendricks, but Hendricks and Sekra were out there today. Could see Sekra with Fane. Um, the orders recalling Jordan Osterley, Darnell Nurse suspended for three games. Osterley and Clendenning will be in on the right side along with Fane. Um, if Party can't go, it'll be Sekra, Reinhardt, and Nick Keaton on the left side. Cam Talbot starts in goal. Minnesota Wilds' top line is. Uh, uh, Miko Koivu with Zach Parise and Charlie Coyle. And uh, their D is good. Ryan Suter playing 28 minutes a game. Edmonton area product Jared Spurgeon, winner of Memorial Cup in Spokane in 08. And then they got Dumba, who played for Portland and Red Deer in the WHL, seventh overall pick in 2012 with Marco Scandella. Jonas Brodin's actually in their third pairing. And tonight we'll see Darcy Kemper, former Red Deer Rebel goaltender, 3-0-1 at 1.47 goals against average and a .941 save percentage. As promised, let's get to some uh, the players that are going to participate in tonight's game. We'll start with a one-on-one with Connor McDavid. 
Connor, a little bit different look tonight for you. Uh, you haven't played, started a game playing with Taylor Hall for a long time uh, since the first three games of the year. And also, Zach Cassian looks like he's going to play. So just your thoughts on maybe having some different line mates. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, you know, anytime you know, some stuff is going well for, for the team, I think it's important to, to switch it up a little bit. And um, you know, obviously, Hall's just had a great year. and um, It's going to be cool to play with him and Cass as well. So um, definitely looking forward to it. How does it change uh, with Taylor? Uh, you know, when you had Benoit, he's a here, guy's got a good stick, but Taylor brings that flat-out speed, and he can also transport the puck. Maybe just a thought on a sort of the, the contrast between you know having a guy with the speed that Taylor has and the skill of it as well. Yeah, I think uh, it's important for us to, to use our speed. I think um, you know with, with our ability to skate us too, and, and Cass is always a good skater. I think it's important that we're getting hard in, uh, in on the forecheck and you know getting pucks back, and, uh, as well as backing their D up just with speed. I think uh, you know using using that, I think it'll open up a little bit of ice for everyone out there. And speaking of opening up ice, Cassian does that in a different way. He gives it a little bit of size and, you know, can maybe create some things off the cycle. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's great down low. Uh, he's hard on pucks and, uh, you know, he's great on the forecheck finishing guys and, um, you know, keeping plays alive. So, uh, excited to, to play with that. You've played with and against Darnell Nurse. You played with him in the uh, World Junior Team. Against him with Sault Ste. Marie last year in the playoffs. He's on your team now. Um, he got a three-game suspension. It is what it is on that front. But what did it mean for the group? To, what is it, you know, when you have a guy like that that has the dimension in his game and is willing to exhibit his influence on the game once in a while, how reassuring is that for you guys as a team? That's good. I mean, um, it's it's uh, it's tough to, to comment on that. Um, suspension, but as for having him as a teammate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as a teammate, he's a great guy. He's, um, you know, he's, he's always team first. And, um, you know, just speaks to, to you know how, what he's willing to do for his teammates. Um, that was a tough play or whatever. Um, I don't really want to get into it too much, but um, at the end of the day, he's, he's a great teammate, and we're lucky to have him around here. All right, power play has been uh, struggling a bit uh, of late over the earlier since the Ottawa game. Uh, they've got uh, you and uh, Jordan and Taylor and Leon all together. Can you defer too much in that situation? Can, can one can one guy take control of that scenario when you have four players gifted like that on one power play? I think uh, that's the best way to do it is put your your uh, you know most offensive guys out there. I think um, you know we've we've done that and um, you know we should be able to zip it around pretty good for whatever reason it hasn't clicked right you know just yet. But um, you know we've been getting some chances and and uh, it's up to us to bear down on those. So um, I think. Uh, it's definitely an area we need to improve on, and, uh, and I think we will. That is uh, the Edmonton Oilers' Connor McDavid. This is This Day in Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel. Edmonton's premier travel company for 36 years, offering great package uh, tours on river cruising in Europe for 2016, March 10th, uh, 2013. What happened, Brendan Ulrich? Well, Bob, the Oilers would get after it early. Four goals in the first period as they would hang on for a 6-5 win over the Blackhawks in Chicago. Sam Gagne scored twice, and Taylor Hall picked up a goal and an assist. That was a lockout year, and I think that was the start of a nine-game, 17-day road trip for the Edmonton Oilers. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. We've got great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips. Call a friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Jack Michaels in conversation with Minnesota Wild star Zach Parise, and it starts with Parise talking about the hunt for a playoff spot for the Wild. Ideally, we wouldn't be um, 
you know, fighting for a spot, you know, like uh, like we were last year. Um, but that's a, that's the situation that we're in, and um, the importance of every game right now. I mean, it's it's huge. You feel like we're going to be going back and forth with Colorado for a while, um, you know, probably down to the last week of the season. So um, we have to make sure that um, we're playing good hockey, regardless of who we're playing against. Um, and you you don't want to find yourself scoreboard watching and hoping some other team loses. You want to make sure that we're playing. What would you say is the biggest tangible difference in what John Torchetti has brought to the table as compared to Mike Yo? Um, you know, there's a few different things. I think, um, I think we're having fun. You know, again, which which is something that just kind of disappeared for a little while. Um, but I think we're just you know, we're playing with a little more creativity with the puck. You know, I think you know, it's not going to happen every night. We're not going to score three, four, five every night. But I think um, you know some of the plays that we're making, um, some of the things that we're able and allowed to do are a little different, and just try and try and generate a little more offense, and, and you know not not be defending the whole game and just hoping to win um, you know, 1-0, and you know, we're trying to get a little more offense. The old adage is, when you're not scoring, if you're getting the chances, no worries. If you're not getting the chances, then it's time to worry. Where are you right now? Um, it's you know it's been a little bit back and forth. Um, lately, I've gotten some good chances. Um, hasn't got in, um, but you just try to make sure that there's other parts of the game not slipping. Um, trying to create for my line mates, and it'll it'll go in. It'll happen. Um, but just just when it's not, it's it's tough. Finally, just a word on Edmonton and and your thoughts on uh, what the Oilers bring to the table in terms of maybe a bit of a heavier lineup than even a couple weeks ago when you last saw them. Yeah, that's what we saw in the in the scouting video this morning. Um, some different players that we hadn't seen before, bigger guys, and um, you know, it looks like that they're. Uh, Playing with those big guys, it's easier to play in the corners and then down low and cycle. And it looks like that's that's what they were trying to do in the video. So, um, you know, for us though, nothing changes. Um, we know that they, um, just like every team, we know that they collapse in the D zone and and uh, and try and protect the middle. Um, you know, for us, we just want to have some extended shifts in the offensive zone and try and break them down. Zach Parise, uh, he and Ryan Suter with matching 12-year contracts at roughly $7.5 million per year for an AAV. Um, the Minnesota Wild, in a tough division of that, there is no debate. One that's got the likes of Chicago and uh, St. Louis, Nashville has been surging a bit. Minnesota and Columbus, or uh, Columbus, uh, Minnesota and uh, Colorado basically fighting for the fifth playoff spot in the uh, central, the crossover spot, because there's only going to be three teams out of the Pacific to make it. It'll be Darcy Kemper against Cam Talbot in Golden Knight. Darnell Nurse suspended for three games. And that wraps up the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Uh, I will uh, be joining you in a couple hours' time over at the XL Energy Center. And uh, stay tuned. Up next, the 630 Chad News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bella. Followed by the uh, 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen and I and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, for now, from St. Paul, Minnesota.
News Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 